Welcome to A Voice from the Hills. I'm James Warner, co-founder of Silicon Hills Wealth Management here in Austin, Texas. As we put a bow around our Q3 content, I'm extremely grateful for the continual stream of leaders, risk takers, and game changers that give us their time to join me on the other side of the mic. Here's a sample of all their great content in case you missed it. Adam Holt and his software company AssetMap are helping an ever-increasing part of our industry and the world paint a concise, actionable picture of their financial plans. In episode 23, Adam talks about his journey towards success and his vision for the future. That, that's really where the rubber hits the road. In order, of course, communicate, making good decisions, I need to understand the landscape, which is what you opened with, right? I need to understand the bigger picture before I can give you relevant guidance. But I think as, as it relates to some of these tools, I think if you really broke it down, to what humans use, we don't need an all-in-one. We need an enough-in-one, right? Because as professionals, I don't need eight tools that, that I use 5%. I need one tool that I use 80%, and I'll round out the rest with my process, my capability, my intelligence, my team. Kevin Lozer, co-founder of Plan, joined us to talk about the significance of real-time pivots, the importance of laying the groundwork for eventual optionality with better planning and targeted sacrifice and much, much more. Here's an excerpt from Kevin's podcast, episode 25 with Kevin Lozer. And so was it always the idea of holistic plan in the beginning to be a standalone product that you might offer to other advisors or was it, or did it start out as just a, a solution for you internally? No, it, it did always start as something that we, we thought we would be able to sell to, to other advisors. So we definitely had uh, business inclinations from the very beginning. Like Roger, Roger wasn't an advisor anymore at that point. He was trying to, to and had been spending um, about a year or so trying to figure out what his next business was going to be. And I uh, w- was recognizing that maybe I didn't want to build a large RIA. And we had this idea about scaling financial planning via technology and software. So uh, that, that's how we really got started. But, but from the very beginning, we, we, we were using what we learned from not only our respective firms, but being involved in NAFA. Um, and that's how Roger and I met actually back in 2015. But knowing peers in our industry were also dealing with the same struggle. And then there's the incomparable Aaron Klein. The next time I run into someone who doesn't think Aaron is awesome will be the first time. He's an entrepreneur, he's a philanthropist, a risk taker, and he's a continuous source for good in both our industry and in communities around the world. But if you think Aaron's journey is all rainbows and unicorns, think again. Here's Aaron's journey in his own words from episode 24. Well, you know, when you start a company, you have dreams of um, everything is just going to work really, really well. Your 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 strategy is just going to unfold exactly the way you foresee it. And, um, you know, sometimes that happens, but I, I haven't experienced it yet. I flew to Baltimore because we're going to we're going to put a contract together and we're going to put a plan together to implement all of this. And in that meeting. Uh, you know, basically they said, well, talk to us about your tech stack. And so we built a very modern technology stack. And they said, oh, we can't even talk to web services until we complete our technology transformation. We don't even, you know, like we can't interoperate with that. Come back and talk to us in like six quarters. 
Um, and at the moment in time, I think we had like three months of money in the bank, right? You know, and uh, I, I was I was pretty convinced that like we had hit the wall and we we were kind of not going to work, like it was not going to work. So I got back onto the plane in Baltimore and I pulled out my notebook. And somewhere I've still got the notebook page where I wrote at the top the what I call the Apollo 13 question, you know, oh, yeah. and, and it's <laughs> what do we do well here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do we have on the ship? What works? Good? What do we have on the ship? <laughs> good, right? That's what Gene Cran said. You know, I don't, I don't care about what it was designed to do. I care about what it can do. And so, like, what do we have on the ship that's good? And the two things that I could write were great core technology, great risk technology, right? And... $2 billion worth of validation from the consumers, the E-Trade guys that were using it. And, you know, it just kind of struck me like we, we, maybe we could go ahead and like, um, I can't, I went back and, and met with the team and I said, Hey, you know, if we're going to go down, let's go down swinging. Next, we took a slight detour from the CEO founder spotlight to welcome back Dr. Russell James. We briefly celebrated his recent induction into the charitable hall of fame and focused on some of his recent work. Dr. James walked us through the power of story, how advisors can act as the trusted sage on our client's hero's journey, and how to structure the conversations that we have with our clients so the client is thinking about deepening the relationship with us and not firing their advisor. Really interesting stuff from Russell James, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Here's an excerpt. And then, you know, as a self-described numbers guy, I mean, your, your original plan wasn't to focus on story, right? Uh, what changed? Yeah, well, so, you know, the reality is I have spent a lot of years trying to understand how do we encourage generosity. And uh, again, my PhD is in uh, consumer economics and, uh, you know, and I'm also a tax lawyer. So I start out with analyzing large data sets. Um, but as I went through that process, one of the things that kept coming up again and again was the power of story. And believe it or not, it even came up when we were doing neuroimaging. So this is going to sound weird, but here at the Texas Tech Neuroimaging Institute, we actually put people in brain scanners and had them do their estate planning. We wanted to learn a bit about what causes them to choose to put a charity into their estate plan. And it turns out that as compared when they're just maybe thinking about volunteering or making a small gift, when they're thinking about their estate plan and putting that charity in, they actually engage in what's called visualized autobiography. Uh, these are the regions of the brain that activate when people are mentally traveling back in time, taking an outside perspective on themselves. Uh, and uh, this was uh, quite an interesting result, especially because it matched with what some other researchers had found when they were doing in-depth qualitative interviews, that the reasons people put charities into their estate plan was because those charities fit the person's life story. So as much as I tried to avoid it, uh, the answer kept coming up as, uh, as a story. Speaking of heroes, we had the great pleasure of welcoming Kristen Schmidt to the pod. Now, Kristen is one of those OGs. She's one of the OGs of the fintech industry. She is unmatched in both her mastery of tech solutions and her ability to help firms bridge the gap between effective technology and memorable client experience while getting the whole team to adopt and champion the plan. Here's just some of the valuable advice she offered us during episode 27. 
importance of milestone celebrations and I yes. within our industry. And, and of course we tend to all celebrate the same milestones They're you know, AUM based or some, yeah. you know, some, some metric of growth. Uh, but you talk about doing it differently, not only with uh, the milestones that we celebrate with our clients, but also the milestones that we would celebrate within the firm. Can, can you expound on that and why you think that's important? Yeah, um, our industry is so age-based, isn't it? Um, and usually we're celebrating an older age. <laughs> um, you're retiring your anniversary, your anniversary with us as a firm, your anniversary with a partner, which I think, to be truthful and frank, my dentist's office knows my birthday and sends me a postcard and an email. Like, the people who rotate my tires know my birthday and I get an email. So I think that there's a milestone of relationship that needs to be identified based on those demographics I was telling you about, right? What's important to that client? Um, I think we see the same thing in human relationships, right? So... I remember, you know, there's a lot of guys who pull out all the stops on Valentine's Day, but most women would prefer you to do it on January 29th, not February 14th, right? So the just because milestones, I think, are really important because clients are feeling like a number. Um, they're feeling like advisors are trying to have meetings with them to check it off the list, not because those meetings are important, valuable, or impactful. So having milestones that are random sometimes encourages conversations with clients that open your eyes to other milestones they might be working towards. And finally, speaking of bridging the gap, we welcome Susan McKenna for one of our first sit downs after becoming CEO of eMoney Advisor. As expected, Susan was a passionate advocate for planning for her team and her people for the 5 million households that utilize eMoney software and for diversity and inclusion across all of those segments. Here's a small sample of our conversation in episode 28, in case you missed it. And of course, one of the promises of diversity is when you get all these different sets of opinions and different backgrounds, uh, you also get different suggestions, different, Absolutely. You know, different ideas of where to take the roadmap. And I, I guess with 20,000 new users, yeah. And a more diversified set of new users, you're getting, you're probably getting that roadmap tweaked in a direction that uh, it might otherwise not. Uh, is there any, is there any particular roadmap tweak you can point to and say, wow, this, you know, but for diversity inclusion, this wouldn't be happening. You're setting me up for summit. I love it. So, uh, and over summit next month, they'll have the opportunity to hear from Tom Sullivan. He is our new head of product. Uh, he's going to walk you through kind of his vision for eMoney and how that works hand-in-hand uh, -hand with our product roadmap moving forward. I think your comment is incredibly important about we, we take input from our clients in so many different ways, but not just clients, the constituents that I just referenced, right, through the internship and the externship programs, uh, which undoubtedly influences the roadmap in a more diverse fashion to the point that you just made. So... With over, we're actually, we crossed in uh, early summer over 100,000 financial professionals that are currently using eMoney and extremely excited and proud about that. And, and when I look back 
five years, I can I can see we've more than doubled, and obviously the the diversity has only increased over the past years as well, not just in our client base, but in our associate base as well, which provides a greater diversity of thought and creativity to everything that we do. Wow, what a quarter. Our sleepy little pod is definitely gaining some traction. You know, success is a is really a product of leadership, fearlessness, and execution. Our guests just check all those boxes. We are thankful for our partnership with them. We're excited to bring their mindsets to our listeners and appreciative of what they've helped build and all the people behind the scenes that make it all go. Thank you to Adam, Kevin, Aaron, Russell, Kristen, and Susan for making Q3 the best ever for Voice from the Hills. Our downloads and listens have skyrocketed, and we have really, really big plans for Q4. You might call them limitless, which is why we are starting Q4 by profiling Stephanie Bogan. Stephanie has an amazing background, a truly transcendent developmental program, and she has all the receipts to back it up. Our Q3 was our best ever, but Q4 is going to start out with a bang, believe me. And finally, special thanks to every one of you for listening, engaging, and being a part of A Voice from the Hills. We can only do our best work when you are here to listen. Thank you.